There are some of these、um, lovely American holiday classics. Now, many of you would have heard those songs so many times.、Uh, this song celebrates the home as a concept. For instance, there is、um, Bing Crosby's、um, "I'll Be Home for Christmas." You can plan on me. Or maybe、uh, Perry Como's. There is no place like home for the holidays, and so on and so forth. But the lines that I really like in that second song is where Como says that、um, no matter how far away you roam, when you pine for the sunshine of a friendly gaze for the holidays, you can't beat home sweet home. But the next stanza is the one that really gets me smiling. It says, "I know a man who lives in Tennessee, and he was heading for Pennsylvania, and some homemade pumpkin pie." And I'm like, "Mmm, yummy, <laughs> yummy." I think one of the reasons these songs about home remain classic and they have endured for decades. Is because home is a very powerful spiritual and psychological concept. Home as a center of rootedness. Home as a center of connectedness and centeredness. And so that's precisely what we want to reflect on in our readings this morning. And so the key questions we want to ask is, what is home to you? And how homely is home to you? That's why on this final and the fourth Sunday of Advent, the readings invite us to think through how we can become intentional. In bringing the peace of Christ to our homes and our families, how we can ask for the grace to be able to heal broken relationships in our homes and in our families, how you and me can become instruments that make functional. All the dysfunctional relationships in our homes and in our families—that's the heart of our readings today. And the story of Mary, what we generally call the Visitation, is a perfect model of how you and me can become instruments of peace to our homes and our families. So what I want to do now is to quickly recap the story. We heard it already. The angel appears to Mary and tells Mary, "Look, your cousin Elizabeth, your cousin who has been barren for decades, she is now going to have a baby. You yourself, you will have a baby, and he will be called Emmanuel." 
As soon as Mary receives this joyful news, the scripture tells us that he set out in a hurry, he set out in a haste to go visit her cousin Elizabeth. And as soon as Elizabeth sighted Mary, the child in her womb leaped. And now we have that beautiful encounter between Elizabeth and Mary. Now, on a theological level, we believe that Mary is the new ark of the covenant. The child in Mary's womb is the new covenant, the new ark of the covenant. And just as David danced in 2 Samuel chapter 16, verse 14, before the ark, as soon as John the Baptist sees Jesus in the womb, who is the new covenant, the child now leaps like David for joy. That is the theology of our celebration this morning. But in, on a more practical and pastoral level, what are the lessons we can learn from Mary this morning? So I want to close my homily by highlighting three things I think we can learn from our mother Mary in our gospel today. Number one, Mary reminds us to be in haste for the things that matter. Now, you know, in our culture today, we are a go, 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 go culture. A drive-through culture. Everybody's on the go, and everybody's on the move. Sometimes I have my young kids who call me, Hey, Father, can I go to confession on the phone? I'm like, nope. You got to come here. You got to come here. And so we are now in a culture where everybody's on the move. Everybody's on the go. Everybody's in a hurry. And Mary tells us today, hold on. Be in hurry for the things that matter. Be on the go for the things that matter. And what are these things that matter? Relationship with God and relationship with family. Lesson number two. Mary teaches us in the gospel that the greatest gift we can give to each other is the gift of presence. The, great, the greatest Christmas gift we can give to one another is the gift of presence. Listen to what happens. Mary receives the joyful news of what happens to her cousin Elizabeth. He decides to go to go and visit, to go and give Elizabeth the joy of presence. As a matter of fact, if you Google on your phone after this Mass, you're going to see latest studies that have been published that loneliness is on the increase in our society today. There is an epidemic of loneliness people are becoming increasingly isolated from each other. Families are becoming increasingly isolated from each other. 
Technology is part of it. We're all on the phone, bing, 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 bing. Sometimes when I go out to eat in restaurants, I see families all seated and everybody's on the phone. I'm like, come on, man, drop the phone. Enjoy each other's presence. Give each other the gift of presence. And so we now are in a culture that everybody seems to be atomized. We are all closing in into ourselves. Sometimes I ask my students in class, listen up, everybody. If you've called your grandparents in the last three days, raise your hands. And I'm like, huh? What are you talking about? If you've called your grandnanny, your your grandma in the last two days, raise your hand. And they're like, what are you talking? These things don't cross our minds. We are all so busy growing up, and sometimes we forget that our parents and grandparents are busy growing old. The gift of presence, Mary tells us, is the greatest gift we can give to each other. Gift of physical presence. Gift of spiritual presence. And that's what the reading asks us to do today. To go back home and give one another the gift of presence. The final lesson that we learn from Mary in our gospel this morning is that all of us need to become sharers in the good news and of the good news. So Mary hears about the good thing that God has done for her cousin Elizabeth. And she gets up, goes all the way to be able to celebrate with Elizabeth the joy of God's marvels in her life. That's what we need to do for one another in our families and in our own homes to celebrate with one another and rejoice with one another who rejoice, to comfort one another when there is need for that. And so being a sharer of good news to your family truly means be there for family. Even when the person is down, that's when God needs you. Sometimes we think that family is when things are perfect. No. Even if he's incarcerated, he's still family. If he's a drug addict, he's still family. He just can't get his life together. His life is a wreck. He's still family. And you, as the bearer of Christ, like our mother Mary... You are the one that can put joy and smile back to family. So three things we learned from our mother Mary this morning. Number one, yes, we are on the go, but you got to be on the go for the things that matter. Number two, Yes, you may have your Christmas list and you're checking them off one after the other. That's good. But the greatest gift you can give to one another, the greatest gift you can give to family is the gift of your time, the gift of your person, the gift of your life. And finally, 
in good times and in bad times, even family that don't just get it, siblings that are so ungrateful, that are so selfish and so self-tented, and you feel all right, it's time to cut off everybody. I'm happy on my own. I don't want to deal with all that with family. They are still family. And if you are the bearer of Christ, you have a duty to make peace. You have a duty to make home what truly home ought to be. May we all enjoy our homemade pumpkin pies. Amen. <laughs>